Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Latina Investors. So um, this episode is going to be about what to keep in your savings and what to use to start investing. So we're going to talk about kind of like your savings strategy and your investing strategy and how they kind of have to work with each other depending on your unique circumstances, what's coming up in your life and all of that. So um, that's what we're going to dive into today. But I do want to take some time to... Um, Just encourage all of you guys to continue to pay attention to what's going on in Palestine and you know just everything that's going on in the world. I think it could be so easy for us to get distracted with just our lives and you know things that are just happening and it could be easy to dissociate or kind of step away from everything that's going on. And I think it's a really important time in our world to to not do that and to intentionally pay attention. Um, I'm going to link a resource to, you know, support ways that you can support Palestine um, and it'll give you like some actionable steps. One of the things that I kind of have been wrestling with the last week, I'm not even wrestling, like I don't even know what the word is, but like there was so much happening and like it just was getting really um like a feeling a lot of big emotions with like everything that I'm seeing on social media with like what's happening and like following um people that are reporting like live like you know their their experiences their stories and everything um and then feeling like man like what do I do and like really the only tactic tactical is that the right word um the only like thing that I like saw myself doing other than donating and other than reading and getting educated and like really kind of looking into things and following people and hearing like you know the stories of what's happening other than that was to actually make calls to my representatives and so I did I downloaded the five calls app and um and so you know I was doing that and every time I like hung up I was like man like did that really do anything and so there's a part of me that was like does this even help um is this I don't even know but at the same time I felt this like turmoil like well I can't do nothing right and somebody shared a post um that was essentially kind of just saying that like hey like there might be a lot of people that say you know sharing on social sharing on social media does nothing and calling does nothing and and first of all I don't think that that's like the way to like think about it the way that I think about it is like, okay, but doing nothing is actually not, it's not the better solution. Um, it almost feels like unthinkable and unbearable to just kind of be like, well, I just like did nothing because like, I didn't think that this would help. Um, so for me, that was like the tension that like I felt and I was like, you know what, this really encapsulated what I was feeling. And my other option is to just not take action in any way and I can't I can't do that um and so if this if these are the things if these are the ways then I'm gonna do those things um even if it quote-unquote doesn't help which I'm like I just don't even think that that's like it's not a it's gonna have reason you know because I do think there is impact when all of us um exercise and take actions on the things that we believe are wrong and and when we stand for those things so I just wanted to open up with that because yeah if you're feeling a lot of emotions um I think you want to lean into those and and really allow your emotions to compel you to action whatever that action is for you 
Um, so I just wanted to to start with that. Um, and again, I'll link a, a resource um, in the description below to give you a starting point. Um, and if you're not feeling big emotions, um, I think it could be one of two things. One, we're just very used to dissociating um, and not leaning into that. Um, that is how a capitalist society runs, like, right? It's production. It's like, we don't really focus on too much emotions. We just produce. Um, so it could just be a byproduct of how we were raised and how we were kind of indoctrinated into this society. And so I think it's just good to like lean into like, hey, like, is this me just like wanting to not feel because it's it's really heavy and I just would rather like, you know, kind of focus on my own thing and stay in my own lane and be in my own box. Um, but I think that comes at a cost and I and I would encourage you to just like lean into to like feeling those big emotions and feeling the dissonance because um there there's so much wisdom that comes from our, our emotions that can then compel us to action so yeah I wanted to to share that piece um I have moments where you know I'm like staying updated taking action and then I have the luxury and privilege to kind of just like focus on something lighter and 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 holding that tension of evolving between those can kind of feel like a little bit like like heavy um but I think that that is the heaviness that that we need to kind of um experience in order for us to be mobilized so I wanted to share that um but then I also wanted to dive into you know, investing and saving and kind of the strategies there. So let's start start this episode. So this episode is going to be very strategy focused um, because it is, I'm going to show you and I'm going to walk you and talk you through what are some of the things you need to think through when you're deciding how much do we keep in savings versus how much do um, I use to invest, right? And so this is specifically for the person listening that is a super saver. So let me first define what a super saver is. Um, so a super saver is a person who knows how to save and you're really good at it, right? You don't necessarily like understand your numbers. Like you don't really know how much you're spending for eating out or for this or for that. Um, but it almost like you don't need to because you have so much saved up in your checking account that it's never really like a, a thought in your mind if you're going to have enough, like you know you will even if you spend a little bit more on XYZ this month. And you also have a big, big chunk of money in your savings account, right? So you you are saving, you know how to save, you've been doing it consistently so much that you have a lump sum of savings somewhere around 10,000, 20,000, $50,000 in your savings, but you don't know how to invest your money to make it grow, right? You're kind of stuck in this like, I'm saving, but I don't really know what to do with it. And so with inflation rising, you wonder if your savings is going to have the same value, if you should be doing anything with your money. You hear people talking about like it needs to work for you. And so the thought of your savings devaluing just doesn't feel great. And so you're in this like kind of this like pivotal moment, like this fork of the road of like, am I going to learn how to invest my money to, to grow it or am I just going to continue saving it? you know, or the balance of both. Like, how do I decide how much do I save, how much to invest? That's what we're going to kind of unpack today. 
So first, I'm going to go over like what you should keep in your savings, right? Because if you have this lump sum to start with, we want to know what portion of this do we want to set aside for you to just keep in your savings and not invest. So the first thing you want to keep in your savings is at least three months of living expenses. This for people is going to be somewhere around 10K plus, which is why a lot of my clients, one of the first milestones we're working on is, hey, we're going to have you save 10K. Because when you can save 10K, you've built the foundational skill of saving and you've learned so much about money management and how to feel in control of your spending and not have your spending be out of control where being in credit card debt is no longer a option. I will say, like it's not an option for you because you've learned to feel very in control of your money. I will say that the way that you save $10,000 makes a huge difference, right? If you white knuckle your way to 10K and then like exhale and are like, are like, whew, now I can spend like, you didn't create a 10K savings in a sustainable way. So you might have saved and then spent it down, saved and then spent it down. If that's you, it's because the way you saved was not sustainable and so re required you to treat yourself or now be able to spend so that you're kind of like stuck in this cycle of like, I know that I can save, I just don't know that I can keep that savings there. Um, I just wanted to kind of make a note on that because I think that is like something you want to think through as you're saving is like you want to find a sustainable strategy and pace at which you're saving um so once you save that three months emergency fund um that is what you want to keep right and how do you find that you first want to calculate your living expenses right your living expenses is the amount of money it takes to fund your life for one month so you have your bills money you have your groceries and gas and whatever you could consider like the necessities um this would be like one month of living expenses so a fully funded emergency fund would be three to six months of living expenses that three to six really depends on you like if you're someone who's like no three is good for me like that feels like I can get an, a, another job if need be um in three months then three is good if you're like actually I would like half of a year's worth of my living expenses covered in case anything comes up you would decide that that's a kind of like a personal choice um, but let's say your living expenses are four thousand three hundred you would multiply that by three, so 12900 or if we just round up a little bit, $13,000 would be what you keep from your savings, right? So let's say you have like uh, $50,000 in savings. We're going to do this math real quick. 50000 minus 13000 that means you have 37000 left to potentially invest. Now, the next thing that we're going to talk about is credit card debt. So do you have any card balances um, that, you know, you're holding some credit on? Uh, most of my super saver clients have some credit card debt that they're holding on to because parting with their savings or paying it off in full um, just kind of feels like, oh, I don't want to do that. Let me just like pay a little bit more than the minimum and kind of keep this rolling. Um, you don't want to do that. You just want to go ahead and pay it off if you can, if you have the, you know, the funds there. Um, and here's the thing. If you have in not, like if you can pay off your credit cards and have a good chunk of savings left over then I would say pay off the credit card now a good chunk is not a number <laughs> and I purposely did this because it's super relative right it 
this is where money and kind of like the intuitive knowing of your body cross paths. A good chunk for you versus for me versus for Pepito versus for Pepita is going to be a different number. And that is okay and that's fine. You want to determine what is a good chunk that I am good having in savings after I pay my credit cards off, right? Like let's say you have if we're kind of following the 50,000 minus 13, you have 37,000 left over in your savings and your credit cards are 35,000 and you pay it off, you have 2,000, you might be like, "Eh, actually 2,000 is not a good chunk. Like I, you know, don't want to pay that off completely. And so you want to kind of determine what portion of money do you want to put towards your debt that would still leave you with enough money for the the rest of the things on this list now listening to this podcast episode will help you kind of figure this piece out um you know in a more comprehensive way but i just wanted to address it because you do want to consider credit card debt when investing okay the third thing you want to look at or think through is your short-term savings goals so you want to think about in the next three to 12 months do you have anything on your mind that you want to prioritize or that you need money for so for example let's say you're like my car is not gonna make it another year like i need to like set aside a little portion of this 37k that i have to you know use for a down payment so let's say you're like okay you know fifteen thousand is gonna be my down payment that i want um so i'm gonna set aside a portion of that great so now you have twenty two thousand left over Let's say you're like, okay, I also, you know, um, know that I'm going to be a bridesmaid at my friend's wedding and the bachelorette trip is going to be in Mexico. Um, so I'm planning to spend $2,000 on that. So again, you subtract 2000. Now we have 20,000. Um, and you also want to keep a portion of money for sinking funds. So sinking funds are like short-term savings goals that are, short-term savings funds that you will use for the things that just unexpectedly happen right so a lot of times people will be like how do you account for things that like just happen unexpectedly like I didn't foresee this or like you know I just didn't have that on my radar and the way that you cover those unexpected expenses is you expect them right you have a portion of your um, savings be for those things and your emergency fund is more for truly unexpected things right and a truly unexpected thing would be um you know, knock on wood, a tree falls on your car or well, while it's parked, no one got hurt. Um, you know, something just kind of like, whoa, I did like that. I, I couldn't have foreseen that. Right. My car needing an oil change. Like I could foresee that if I had it on my radar, my car's battery dying. I, you know, I could foresee that. Like those are very different than like truly unexpected. And so you want to set a portion aside for sinking funds. Now, This is going to, you know, you're going to have to kind of gauge what that would be. But if you want to start with maybe like a thousand dollars, um, fifteen hundred, two thousand, depending on, you know, what you think. Um, but for this example, we're going to do a thousand. So twenty thousand minus one thousand, we have nineteen thousand dollars now to invest. And let's say, um, that's kind of where you're at. Now, the fourth thing you want to consider is your long term savings goals right? So we just covered short-term savings um, and that would be for, you know, things that you see in the next three to 12 months. But now we're going to consider our long-term savings goals, which are things that you want to consider in the next one to five years. What do you see yourself needing money in the next one to five years? 
So for example, let's say you're like, okay, I want to buy a home. So house down payment is necessary or I'm going to need a roof replacement or I'm going to need to update my AC unit in my house, right? You want to kind of think through like, hey, what are the things in the future that I'm like thinking I'm going to need money for? Um, And that's what you would use that for. And again, this future is like, kind of long-term savings so like one to five years out now long short can get a little relative some people might call this like midterm savings goals but to not get too into like the semantics of it um you know just stick to long term um but here is where you would combine your investing knowledge with your saving strategy so when you are investing it is good to know that you are going to grow your money somewhere around 10 percent over a 10-year timeline right so if you're investing for 10 years you have a higher probability of growing your money um at the like at least 10 percent right like and the reason and the way that we know that is just based on data right like over the like decades that the stock market has been around that is what we have seen statistically so this is really important to know because now when you're thinking about your long-term savings goals that are one to five years out and you're thinking about like okay if i want to invest in the stock market um my 10-year growth is you know um 10 percent and it that has the highest probability of, of happening that's you want to kind of like hold those two pieces of information to make the best decision for you so i'm going to read you some like stats from this book called why does the stock market go up by brian Ferroldi, and it pretty much took a 100 year timeline and 100 100 and or 150 year timeline, 150 years of data to help us kind of like see what we can expect or what we have the probability to have um, if we invest for a one year timeline, a five year timeline, a 10 year timeline, and a 20 year timeline. So if you invest for a one year timeline through 365 days, you have a 69% probability that your money will grow based on this 130, 150 year timeline. Okay, so 69% probability that your money will grow. If you invest for a five-year timeline, you have an 81% probability that your money will grow. Okay, so as you're seeing, like the longer you invest, the higher your probability. If you invest for 10 years, you have an 89% um, probability that your money will grow. And if you invest for 20 years, you have a 100% probability that your money will grow. So this is kind of what you're like seeing is the longer that you invest, the higher the likelihood all the way to 100% that your money will grow based on this 130 year timeline and 100 and uh, I, keep, I keep saying 130, I mean 150, 150 year timeline and 150 years worth of data. So that's just good to know. Again, nothing is ever guaranteed in the stock market, but what we do have is knowledge, data, and information to make the best decisions going forward. So now you knowing this, you would have to kind of gauge your own risk of whether or not you want to invest um, money for down payment or invest money for an AC unit replacement, right? And here's a, a practical example of like what I mean by this. Um, and I'll show you kind of like my thought process behind it. So 
one of my goals is I want to buy a rental property, right? I don't see myself doing that for the next two to five years. So I have decided I'm just going to invest that money. I'm not going to save it because I want it to work for me and grow in the stock market. Now, I know I am taking a risk on that money being in the stock market because let's say in four years or in three years, let's say in three years, I find a real estate deal that I like, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is the property. I'm going to buy it. And I go to pull my money out of the stock market and it just so happens that during that time, my investments are down, right? Like I put in 10K and now it's at like 9,100, right? So I've lost $900. I'm making all these numbers up. So just kind of, you know, go with me on this. Um, I would have to be okay selling at a loss in order to pull out that money because I need that money right away to buy this deal that I found, right? That is the risk that I'm taking. Now, I could also make the decision, no, I'm not selling at a loss. I'm going to keep it there. I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to see if I give it another year, the money grows. And then the cost would be like, okay, you can do that, but you're going to lose this deal. So this is where I would be like, okay, well, what, what would I make, right? And I know that that is like a risk that I am taking by investing my money in the stock market. And so I'm playing this like dance of risk tolerance of how like what amount of money do I want to invest versus what I want to save? What's the cost analysis of the this versus that? What is my, you know, you know, like what is the balance that I feel really good with? Because I am okay selling at a loss and or letting go of a deal if the loss is too high, I have chosen to invest my down payment for my real estate investment property that I want one day. I wouldn't do this for with an emergency fund. I wouldn't do this with a home down payment. Um, if I had a very firm um, and strict deadline, right? If I'm like, no, 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 I... I don't want to let a deal pass and I don't want to sell at a loss. Like I just want to be able to do this thing with my cash at this time. No, like not, no variables considered. Then I would be like, okay, I'm keeping that money in my savings account, right? Now the cost of doing that is that I'm that money is not going to grow as fast, right? Like sure, I can put it in a high yield savings account and like, you know, do a little bit of like growth there, but it's not necessarily going to grow in value the way that it would being invested in the stock market. And so that is what you want to think through and how you want to think about your money decisions when you're thinking about your saving strategy and your investment knowledge, right? The two pair really, really well, and then you can make the best decision for you. This is why I offer one-on-one -on -one money coaching is because it's, I think a lot of times we're so used to just like, hey, tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Like, you know, I'm supposed to save this much. I'm supposed to save 15% of my income, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, sure, like those could be rule of thumbs or they, those could be guidelines, but you are going to make the best decisions for you when you understand the knowledge, you pair it with your risk tolerance and you consider your circumstances, right? Like you have to be knowledgeable about how things work. You have to consider where you're at. You have to take into consideration your risk tolerance. When you have all those three circles kind of like 
coming together, you're going to feel so empowered because you're going to feel confident about the decisions you make with your money without going to someone and being like, hey, what should I do, right? And I'm not saying like asking people for support and help is a bad thing, but I am saying like at some point, you're not going to be asking for, um, hey, what should I do? you should be going to people and asking like, hey, what are your thoughts? What did I miss? What what should I be thinking through, right? As opposed to, I need you to make this right decision for me because that's not really the point of financial freedom. Financial freedom is putting you in a position where you are so equipped and so knowledgeable and so confident and so secure that you are making the best decision for you, even if some financial guru over here is like, no, no, don't do that. You're like, okay, thank you for your like thank you for your thoughts, but I'm gonna like do my thing because this is like I understand this. I know this like this is like gonna fit well with me. It's gonna, you know, align with my goals. It's gonna be good with my risk tolerance. And I understand the 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 logistics of this, the knowledge of this, right? Um so this is kind of like I just thought of an analogy. If someone's like, this is how you make a chocolate cake. Um, and you have like an, a person who's well versed in all that is chocolate cake baking, they're just not going to follow the rules, quote unquote. They're going to be like, thank you. That's great. I'm actually going to do it this way because my knowledge and confidence and like the way that I understand this is so is such at a higher level that like I don't I don't need to follow this and I can still get the best result. So I just want you to think about it like that because that is that is like that is the goal of one-on-one money coaching. That's what I help my clients do is get to a place where they feel so good making money decisions. Um, and they feel like, yeah, I make the best money decisions because ultimately that to me is financial freedom because you'll be able to operate in the money space, not feeling guilty, not feeling shame, not feeling like, oh, I have to do this because it's responsible or I have to do that because it's the way to do it. It's like, no, 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 no. You're just creating your own rules walking down your own path and you feel free and like you gave yourself permission to do that because you're so equipped. Okay, <laughs> a little tangent there, but super important. But this is kind of where you, you know, want to make a, a decision between like, okay, what is the portion of money that I want to kind of have like as like guaranteed value versus the amount of money that I put in, a, in an asset that has the potential to grow or decline in value. And so you want to kind of think through this. Um, and and if you're like, hey, this is the guaranteed amount of money that I want to just keep in my savings, that would be what you keep in savings, right? So let's say you're like, okay, I know I need to replace, going back to our uh, analogy, I need to replace my AC unit. That's going to be $5,000. Our, our running balance here is $19,000. We're going to subtract $5,000 and boom, we have $14,000 left. So of this $14,000 in your savings, again, we started with $50,000. Of this $14,000, now you can decide, all right, I can invest all of this or I can put a portion of this $14,000, right? And so this would be how you would, this is the amount that you would make a decision on. This 14000 is available to you to start investing because everything else that is going to create uh, financial security, like your uh, emergency fund, is covered. Things that are coming up in the near and distant future are covered. Things that you want to make sure you have a savings for unexpected expenses are covered, right? Like all of those things are covered. So now you know like, okay, 14000 is what I'm working with. And... 
let's say you're like, okay, I want to invest 10,000 and I'll keep 4,000 for, you know, anything else. That's how you would make that decision. Um, because it's just gonna, it's gonna set you up to not, you know, invest too little or invest too much. You're gonna have a tangible number of like, oh, okay, this is what I'm working with. Of this, how much do I want to put? Do I want to put all of it towards? Do I want a portion of it? And you, you're gonna again make the best decision for you, based on, you know, like your knowledge, your circumstance, where you're at, what you have in mind, your risk tolerance, all of those things, and. That's why I believe like you're the only one who can make the best decision. You just are missing like confidence and knowledge to be able to step into that role. Um, And that's what I help you do inside one-on-one money coaching. So I hope this episode gave you a lot more clarity about what your savings is for, how to organize it, how to be smart with your money, um, about how much you keep and how much you invest in the stock market, finding that balance. Um, if you want me to like walk you through this and like really help you think about money in a different way, how to be smart with it, how to make strategic decisions with investing, um, while also like learning how to invest your money, right? Like, let's say you're like, okay, I have the 14,000 and I want to invest 10, but now what do I do? Like, how does it all work? What do I pick? How, you know, how do I make sure this $10,000 actually grows and I don't lose it? That is what we do inside one-on-one money coaching. So if you are a first-gen woman of color and you're like, hey, I just want someone to show me all of this. Like I want to understand money on a different level. I want to do more than just save it. I want to be strategic with it. I want to feel like I'm doing, you know, making smart money moves. Then I invite you to join one-on-one money coaching. It is my one-on-one private coaching program where I teach you personally how all of this works. You leave the program feeling so confident that you are managing your money in a way that is going to set you up today and in the future. You're no longer going to feel like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I confused? I think this is good. Instead, you're going to be like, nope, I know exactly where my money is going in the present. I'm consistently saving and I'm also setting up my money to work for me so that in the future, I feel peace going into the future knowing like okay my retirement is covered this isn't going to be you know something my children are going to have to cover I'm going to have money working for me to take care of my aging parents if need be like you're just going to feel like okay all of the things that I want to do are taken care of because I'm making the moves that I need to today in order to set myself up so if you're interested in learning more about my program head to the description below book a call and we can talk more Awesome. Well, I hope you guys are having a great um, start to your week and I'll see you next week. Bye.